Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. Today, we are going to talk about being prepared for emergencies. That's right. Survival tip number one, how to store and drink your own sweat. You or, ready? Or is it the uh, that, that stuff you drink so you don't get colds? Emergency? Emergency. Yeah, that orange nasty. Oh, Whoever it's powdered. that branding was... It's really smart. Point. Really, really smart. But no, not zombie survival tips. No. But financial emergencies and how that how we can best prepare for them. Because okay. you know what? Sometimes they happen. Life happens. That's right. All right, so... What am I going to do now? I brought in all these freeze-dried meals, freeze-dried meals ready to go. We're going to sample them all on, on live on the air. Okay, but actually, so survival, emergency, preparedness, yes. whatever. Some people take that really seriously. But my when I was a kid, so my grandpa, he was in the military way back when. Then he was in the National Guard through most of my dad growing up. So he had some MREs, mm-hmm. meals ready to eat, yep. that he had stashed away. And when Sad. they were like, I don't know if they were moving or going through a garage... He, he handed me and my brother an MRE one time. Eat these. And he's like, eat this. And we're like, okay. And it was... Put a little water in it? It was, No, it was, um, it was graham crackers and peanut butter or uh-huh. crackers and peanut butter. So it didn't need an... It, oh my goodness. It was not that good. It was great. It's probably... But it would keep you alive. It keeps you going. So emergency preparedness. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. But anyway, Josh, as you were saying. Yeah. So really what we're talking about, like you said, is financial emergencies. So... It's really the first step when I sit down with a client and we're talking through financial planning. Before we get to the long-term financial goal planning, we want to make sure that they are covered for an emergency if it was to happen now. Right. Why? Because if I start saving for retirement, then all of it, and I start putting all my money in that direction and all of a sudden something happens and I need cash and I don't have easy access to it, I can then be forced to make decisions or find cash in ways that will cost me long term. Oh yeah. So like pulling it out of your ret- credit cards, or, yeah, yeah. Penalties for pulling out of retirement plans. Yeah. There's a lot of options. Or those nasty short term loan places oh, yeah. that are like yeah, loan sharks. Twenty three percent. Yeah. Just, yeah. So don't break your leg if yeah. you don't pay. And just from a psychological standpoint, if I think I'm making progress and then I gotta go and yeah. scoop that all out and I'm back to zero again, it could just be very frustrating. Right. So what is huge is that before you start moving beyond like the te- today, you got to make sure that those things are covered. Right. And you know, we've talked about some of the past episodes when we had Joe Sengel. He talked about that. I mean, to be able to think beyond today, you got to be confident in where you're at. You got to have those things taken care of. Yeah, it's crazy. So sometimes life throws you a curveball. Yeah. If you're not prepared for it, then like, boom, you're you're in a hole and it's not a happy place. Just as soon as you just got on track with your spending, maybe you got your budgeting together, which right. we just talked about in one of our recent episodes, uh, and, and then boom, flat tire goes. What happens? You you need to get a new tire. You need yeah. to get a new whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it's a lot bigger than a tire. Bucks, you know. It's but but if you have, as we talked about in that budgeting episode. If you have a budget where you've already allocated where all your money's going and something that you weren't prepared for happens, what do you do? Yep. So, Josh, I guess let's start out 50,000 feet like we often do. Yep. What is an emergency fund? Yeah. So, emergency fund is a 
fund or just money that's earmarked set aside for an emergency. What it's kind of money? Great money? Funny money? Funny money. Yep. No, it's monopoly money. Monopoly money. Anything that you could just that's colored green Bitcoin? and a rectangle. Not no, Bitcoin. Don't so don't, don't do, do Bitcoin. <laughs> no, but emergency fund is and it it could be in a lot. We'll talk about this. It could be in a lot of different places, but it's cash that's set yeah. aside for emergencies. So high level, you know, emergency fund is there for things that don't fit in your budget. Right. And so, you know, your roof starts leaking. Well, I do probably have a budget item for housing costs, but I may not have planned for a huge roof repair. Right. So it's emergency. I don't want to keep leaking on my stuff and causing more damage and more costs. So I need money there to, to do that. The fund too is, is there because again, when we talk about budgeting, zero... Zero budgeting is kind of the goal. It's like when I'm done, my income and my expenses match. Right. Every dollar is being spent on something, whether it's being put spent somewhere, or saved. Yeah, being yeah. moved somewhere. Mm-hmm. has a goal, has a purpose, has a meaning for each dollar, has somewhere to go. So if that's the case, if something comes up I didn't budget for, guess what? I either have to pull it out of something I already yeah. was planning on or... If I have this thing, I can grab it for those emergencies. This is all sounding very Dave Ramsey. He's a big proponent yeah. <laughs> of this. And you know, if you go look at any kind of budgeting platform, right. this is huge. Step and, one. Yeah, and really, um, and what comes to our next one is how much should be in there. Yeah. And so Dave Ramsey, he talks about you need to get $1,000 kind of the starting That's point. That's step get one. $1,000 because that'll cover a lot of the normal emergencies you right. run into. Flat tire, those type of things. That's not your fully funded emergency no, fund. that's like a starting point. That's the point. beginning. I saw a couple others reading a couple articles, but there, some are saying 500 You just start somewhere. Right. <laughs> start with some money right. beyond just your normal day-to-day. You get out of living paycheck to paycheck. Have some money there available. So, But when you extend that further, yes. so you, you, you worked past that, you then you got your $1,000, then you were able to get some other financial priorities situated, and then you're just like, okay, I'm going to get this sucker fully funded. Where am I headed to? Where are you headed? Well, the typical rule of thumb that people are talking about, and there's a, we'll talk about what that looks like, but... Three to six months is kind of the not rule 36. of thumb. Not thirty. Well, you could have thirty-six, but then you're tying up a lot of that's, cash. Yeah, that's a so lot that's of not years. doing anything three for years. you. So three to six months of your living expenses. What? How do you determine what's right for you? Yeah. So let's first talk about that. So when we say living expenses, what we're talking about is in a month, what do you actually need to spend money on? So it's essential spending. It's not your gross pay. It's not. Here's how much I get in my paycheck. Yeah. Because that's your gross pay. Taxes come out of that. If you lose your job, you don't pay any more taxes because you don't have that income coming. So that's not included in it. Any kind of savings pieces are not included in this number. It's just, if I just needed to pay out of this one account, everything I do in a month, that's that's my living expense. So healthcare costs, food, utilities, mortgage, the things that have to happen. Right. Right. So then we say three to six months. Well, that's... It's a big gap. A big range, right. right? And so, you know, if I'm earning $2,000 a paycheck, $4,000 for a month, three to six months, that adds up. True. And so what does that mean? And so three months is for people who have other sources of income. So for instance, if you're a married couple and you both have a job or some sort of income, if one of you two were used your job, you wouldn't need everything in your budget to be covered. Right. Because someone else, hopefully, you know, the other partner You is could still only working. dip into it a little bit each month. And, right. Yeah. And so that's where that three month comes in. Yeah. Also, let's say you are highly employable. So you're in some sort of career industry where if I lost my job at X company, 
within a couple days or a week or so, I could be working again yeah. because there's other companies out there right. looking for the exact same thing. So then you don't have to worry about having needing six months. Working. Right. So, so those are the people that use the three-month window. Pro tip. If you put that you listen to the Invested Dads podcast on your resume, instantly hired pretty that's much everywhere. Like, he knows everything. Yeah. Or she. So, it's, it's there. So anyway, sidebar. That's three months. S- six months is for if I'm the sole income provider for my family. And so if I lose my job and it'll be zero income coming in, that would be a reason. Or if I'm in an industry there where I may have to relocate Mm -hmm. or it'll be a while before something opens up and very specialized. Or like self-employed. Self-employed. That's probably, you'd want a little bit longer time frame as well. And then the other piece is what type of income do I have? So is my income seasonal? I may want to cushion my emergency fund a little more because if I have a couple emergencies while it's in my off season, that could be painful. And right. So those are the reasons why you you fluctuate between three to six months. Yeah. Now that's kind of the standard. Everybody's different. Everybody, and that's where you got to apply this to your life and say, how does this look like in my life? Yeah. So for instance, let's say I'm living in a really old house. I'm living in a really old house that may need repairs or issues. I may tip forward maybe i'm in the three-month bucket right but i may go four or five months just so i have yep. that extra little bit so just apply it to your life and say what makes sense what if i'm driving two 20 year old cars chances that something happens to that maybe yeah. is a little higher than a brand yeah. new car so i may have a little extra cushion in there so there may be times or situations where you say i know i kind of qualify for this amount but i feel more comfortable with x amount so wh- how does this have to relate with maybe where you're at in your in your in your overall retirement plan, your overall financial life, you know, is it different for younger people, middle of the, you know, middle-aged people or people in retirement? What's that look yeah. like? So for while, when you're really young, before you have maybe kids and other people depending on you, you could probably justify, you know, if I lose my job, I'm moving in with my parents and everybody's still okay with it. <laughs> you know, Twenty dollar emergency yeah. fund. <laughs> and so, you know, again, you apply it to your situation, but you're right. While I'm in my working career, I probably don't have a lot of assets saved that I can tap into. Right. In retirement, if I'm in that retirement age where either I have full access to my 401k, rollover IRAs, those type of accounts, I'm 59 and a half or older, then needing access to my money, it's pretty much all accessible. Exactly. So you don't need as much emergency fund. At that point, and we'll probably have another episode about retirement spending, kind of how you do buckets in there. But in that sense, you probably just want more cash so that you avoid market issues. Right. So I need I need cash now, but the markets are... Don't need to dip into your... That's a whole different yeah, yeah. emergency type of situation than it is here where, man, I don't have income and I need some money. Once you're in retirement, pre, you know most of your money is probably accessible within a reasonable time period. Yeah. So yeah, you'd probably move down that cushion a little bit in retirement. So Josh, re- emergencies are not fun to think about. No. But you know what is fun to think about? What is that? Dad jokes. It is always. So I got a good one for you. And you just took a drink of your tea. So I this is really this is really um, poor timing. All right. How do you call someone in prison? Hmm. On the cell phone? Dang it. Josh <laughs> nailed it. It's been a while since just I used a cell phone. That's good. I like it. But true. It is. I like it. Okay. So that's funny. That's a yeah, good joke. It's a okay. good joke. Uh, so when you think about emergency funds, you know, one way, and maybe ways that our grandparents did this, was they had a coffee can and yep. uh, wads of cash yes. just hanging out in yep. their house. Just sitting in it there. Sounds like a terrible idea to me. But that's real. Yep. Or a cookie it, jar. Or it, a, 
I honestly under the mattress. I think having some cash physically available is a good idea. Man, you're a conspiracy theorist. You no, have gold I just in your think wall. In general, if you know, for me, a lot of times it's <laughs> I have kind of this philosophy that you know, if kids they always go door to door selling those things for school, right? Yeah. And I just always a lot of times like if you got work up the effort to come do it, ring my doorbell, I'll probably do something. And most of the time they need cash for that. Like, okay, Girl Scout cookies is a good example. We're, you know, COVID made it a little harder to get Girl Scout cookies. But in general, a Girl Scout comes to my house selling cookies. If I have a box sitting right there at the door when I open it, I'm buying another box. It doesn't matter. So I need some cash for that. So in general, though, having some cash available, I'm not talking like thousands and thousands of dollars, but in general, you know, if I can't get to an ATM, but I need to do whatever, um, it's there. But that's so funny. It is I, I, you want, you want I'm any saying, cash. So I'm saying, saying if cash. you come to my door and you only require cash, that's my out. You say, did you do square? <laughs> Sorry, little girl. I'll PayPal you. Or yeah, can I tap my iWatch on your forehead and see what happens? <laughs> yeah. That's funny, though. So, yes, that that's, was, I mean, that was kind of, but that I, was yeah. the way that, mm-hmm. the, and especially, think about, think about the 30s, the 40s, even the 50s and 60s. They had, a lot of people had been scarred yeah, by the, ba- by the banking. Yep. In the 20s, right? Mm-hmm. So, or their parents had. So they were just really fearful yeah. of banking. And it was not as secure as it is. Things were not insured. Yeah. You, you, you did not what know. If people, the bank closed, my yeah, money's gone. They could lose your money. Yeah. So, but nowadays, that's not the case. No. Money's insured. It's safe. Yeah. It's going to be there. But, yes, okay. So maybe, uh, what are some alternatives yes. to not keeping. And I don't our, even, like, that's not even emergency fund right. money. That's right? just, just, that's just money cash. around. So that so, when my kid so, says, hey, I need lunch money at school, I can hand him a $5 bill and say, exactly. Here, you can buy some lunch for the next couple of days. So yes, let's let's say in 2021, yes. we may have better alternatives, mm-hmm. which may be more secure in case your house burns down yes. or whatever, than keeping a box of cash in your closet. Yes. What are some of those options? Buried in the backyard. That is an can't, option. Can't catch a fire when can't it's underground. Can't catch on fire if it's underground. Uh, no. So in when we say options, these are things available, but... When it comes to, and we're going to talk about this, but there's not a lot of good options out there for right. for preservation of your emergency fund. Um, but in general, for safety, savings accounts. So they're FDIC insured. Yep. They they cover in case something does happen. The government says we will cover up to two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars if something happens to the bank. So and if it's your un- money's there. It's safe. It's going to be there. It's unlikely anything over two hundred fifty thousand dollars is an emergency yes. fund. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's my three months. Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. So, take the jet. You know, savings accounts. Yeah. They're accessible. True. Right? Especially now, you're right. With today's technology, phone apps, all that stuff, get it. I can transfer money. So, if emergency happens, I can move money from my emergency savings account into my checking account, take care of that emergency. Generally speaking, affordable too. Usually free. Yes. Yeah, you know, most banks now, they should be free, uh, especially like if you have a checking account with them or whatever. Just, what do they pay? 0.01 or whatever. Really nothing? Yes. Like you're going to get pennies a year. Yes. So it's there again, safekeeping, preservation, easy easy access. True. That's what it's there for. Next step up, online. Oh, yeah. This is kind of new. This is newer. Yeah. And so banks said, hey, you know what? What's our cost? It's those physical brick and mortar buildings where we have a teller and people are there. We got to pay everybody, utilities, blah, blah, blah. What if we had banks that had no physical locations? They're just online. Could we offer something that people would like? And what they offered was higher interest rates True. because they didn't have the overhead. Relatively. So again, 
FDIC insured. These banks, and you know, they're they're out there tied to large institutions that are. It's just not some person said, "Hey, I'm going to hold everybody's money here online." <laughs> um, they're trustworthy banks. Yeah. They're they're, but they offer a little bit more. So you can get a right now, beginning of 2021, about half a percent, which it was even at the end of last year, or not last year, the end of 2019. Yep. One point five or it was really between one and a half to two but now with fed rates at zero everything's kind of extrapolated on that but half a percent better than 0.01 yeah so that's the appeal is i'm at least getting something so again what's that access well with the app and online i can move money from there to a bank account maybe it takes a day or two but i still can get that relatively quick true it's safe it's secure it's insured all that stuff what are some other options so if you have investment accounts Possibly you can open up what we call a brokerage account, which is just a taxable investment account. can hold whatever you want in there. Then they have what they call money market funds, which again is pretty much cash. It's some sort of government security that holds cash. Really short term. Yeah. Short. I mean, it, it really does not fluctuate. There's some rules that they placed in after 08, 09, but for the most part, it trades at a dollar. It's a dollar. There's very little flux, fluctuation volatility there. Interest rate again. It's somewhere between a savings account and an online bank. You're you're not getting much. Yep. That's about as far as I say you're going when it, when we're talking cash money. At this point, there's really zero risk involved in any of those up to the money market. From there, you could take a little risk, but every risk you take means that if you need to access the money, there's a chance less is in there than you had put in. True. And so you got to keep that in mind. So the next step up would be some sort of fixed income that looks for ultra short, short-term bonds. They're just in a sense offering, it's kind of like a CD is really what it is. And CDs are one I haven't talked about. They do have new CDs that are um, penalty free. Mm-hmm. So they offer a little more yield than a savings account. There is no penalty, but it does take, I would say three to five days to get your money out of there. So it, and it just extends it a little farther out. And then short-term bond funds offer... Bonds that are maturing within a year, a little volatility, like this last year, I think it dropped one to two percent. So there, there's volatility there. Right. It, you know, there. It but the interest move. rates a lot higher. Interest rates you're probably not a lot higher. It's pushing higher. one yeah. or just over one right now. Right. But you're right. You could get two, two and a half last year. Mm-hmm. So again, you'll notice the trend. You don't get a lot for this because you're paying for that security, that peace of mind. It'll be there when I need it. And that's not what it's there for. It's not. You're not putting you're this not money aside to earn anything. Yeah. You're putting, like you just said, this is about peace of mind. Yep. And if you can go to sleep at night knowing that if something were to happen, you're covered for a little while, that is huge. Yeah. So I would strongly suggest the brokerage account money market is as far as you go with an emergency fund. That gives you some sort of growth between the online banking and there. And, Enough so that something's happening to your money, but you're still falling behind inflation, but it's not there for anything besides protecting for the unknown. We don't know what inflation is anymore. We so yeah. it doesn't really Inflation matter. doesn't exist. <laughs> so Josh, I guess let's make it really practical. Yes. How do you save into your emergency fund? Like, How do you start that process? Yes. So you get the can that's in your kitchen. And <laughs> that's right. Drop some coins in Put it. Put a hole in the top yeah. and just ding, ding. listen to the clink. Good to go. Uh, so... We said start with, you know, if you can get a little bit of cash together, put that aside and say, I'm not touching, be disciplined. I'm not touching this unless it's an absolute emergency. Then from there, you say, how much excess do I have in my monthly spending that I can push over there each mm-hmm. paycheck? Each time I get paid, I need to automatically move the money over. And that's the key, automating <sighs> it. Because if you leave it up to yourself, you're going to spend that money before you get around to pushing it over. It's way more it's just, fun. Just how we are. It's yeah. just. But in general, so let's say, you know, 
I'm looking at my budget. I, I think I can do 50 bucks each pay period and get it over there. All right. So then I automate that, make it automatically happen, push it over there. And then I have to be disciplined that if or when I get an increase in pay, I maybe take a portion of that and increase. Maybe I can get up to $60 mm-hmm. in pay period. And then over time, that three to six month bucket will fill up. And then right. once you get there, you can turn that off and say, okay, I had Don't $60. It. Yeah, yeah, but I had $60. Now I'm going to move that to a different spending. Yep. I'm not, or different savings. I'm not going to spend it. It's going to go somewhere else for savings. But then if I spend my emergency fund because emergency happened, I'll then turn that back on. 60 bucks again, move back to my emergency. I got to fill that back up. I'll yep. pause whatever, thing, whatever else I was doing, go back to my emergency fund. Because it, three to six months of living expenses can sound daunting. Yes. When you, it, it will take a while. Yeah, when you it think. will take a while. If you're starting from zero, if you think about it, if I have to get, just let's just start at the low end, three months of my living expense, and I'm getting paid each month, I can't take the whole amount over to it because I need to live. No. So it's going to take me a couple years right. to get that there. Right. It's not an overnight thing. Right. Now, if you get uh, refunds, if you get... Any kind of birthday money, graduation money, bonus. anything that comes yeah. in, bonus shows up. Take that whole amount, throw it over there. It'll get you there faster. Exactly. But the key is do something. Start now. Even if it's just $10, even if it's just something, move it over and get that habit started. Yeah. And if you don't have any of those account types that we just talked about open, it t- you can do it from your bank online. You can do it from these online banks online, and it takes about five minutes. Yeah. Super easy. Super easy and free most of the yeah. time. So try to find a free one. Yes. If it's not free, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. But yeah, it just do it. It takes five minutes to set it up. And then from that point, you can determine, you can automatically say, pull $50 or whatever from my checking account once every two weeks or something yep. like that. I already was. No problem at all. Yep. All right. So finally, the last thing is we build up our emergency fund. When do we know we should actually be drawing from it? Never. How do I, how do I know it's an emergency? Yeah. Right, and that's a lot of people's habit. Is you work so hard to get it, you never want to touch it. No, I don't want to right. touch this money, which is a fine mindset. Right, but you got to know, like, because if you're forced to then scramble around, you don't want to be pausing your retirement contributions. You no. don't want to be withdrawing from your retirement, especially. Definitely. No. So there's there's times when you're going to just say, you know what, as much as I want to keep it where it's at, I do need to pull some money out of that. So I guess is there like a is there like a mathematical point like when it's when it's somewhere that you can't take it you can't afford to take it out of your normal monthly budget if there's no buffer for no room yeah. for it that month that's when it comes out yeah. like me personally if you can absorb it great yeah. T- pay for it out of your monthly budget and live with it and then keep your emergency fund but if but if you can't that's okay that's yep. what it's there for for me personally kind of my rationale reasoning is. Like we, we've talked about this. We use credit cards, right? We pay it off every month. True. If I can't float it from whatever time the emergency shows up to when I have to pay that credit card off, then, and I can find a way to get the cash between there. So, you know, like flat tire, I need to get a new tire. Yep. And that wasn't in my budget. Between now and when I'm going to pay my credit card, can I find $100 to get that tire? So, like, eat out less. But, you know, like if I can just over yeah. between now and the end of the time, just get that hundred dollars to show back up, right. then I'm not going to touch my emergency fund. I'll put it on the credit card. And then at the end of the month, that's when I, did I get enough back in? If not, I won't have to go to the emergency fund. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm kind of my reasoning, you know, but like my water heater blows, that's a little more than a hundred dollars. And I'm probably not going to find that in my budget, monthly budget. I'm probably going to have to get over to the emergency fund. Yeah. So it's kind of that justification of, okay, can I reasonably find a way to cut some 
discretionary stuff to make up for it, then I'm not going to go to my emergency fund. Or sell some junk. Sell some junk. Have a garage sale. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. That's just enough. Sell the thing that broke. Broken water heater. Take it's it. It's great. Just don't don't mind the hole in it. So yes, there are certainly times when it is okay, and it is not going to be the most fun thing because you work so hard to build that thing up. But that's what it's for, yes. and it's not. It should it should be a peaceful feeling to know that you put that money aside and it's okay to use it when you need it. Yeah. Don't use it when you don't need it because that only causes bigger issues. Yeah. A vacation is not an emergency. Oh, but after tw- after COVID, that might it's be an emergency. Splurge. It's not yeah. an emergency. No, it's not an emergency. But, Don't. So you can't. You know, it's not just there for like. Oh, you know, this thing's on sale. I should get it right now. Yeah, that, it's not an emergency. You just got to be disciplined in telling the difference. Don't get me started too. on people who buy things just because they're on sale. That's how they get you. I saved twenty percent. No, you spent eighty percent. Eighty percent of what was going to be spent. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. So that's emergency funds. I think it's super important. And like, yeah, follow it up to the budgeting. If you if you have questions about what that zero based budget that we referenced a couple times, check out the a couple episodes ago or whatever. We we talked about budgeting and what that looks like. Yep. Kind of a handful of episodes here at the beginning of the year, just to make sure that you're setting yourselves up in this new year just to succeed with your money. And anything that we can do to help you out with that, we are happy to do. Um, and as always, check out our free gift to you. It's a brief list of eight principles of timeless investing. These are overarching investment themes meant to keep you on track to meet your long-term goals. It's free. It's on our website. It's a pretty PDF. Hopefully you dig it. Josh, how can people help us grow this podcast? Yeah. So the first one is subscribe. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. And then if you have any topics or themes, suggestions, ideas, reach out to us at hello at the Invested Dads, which reminds me, I had a friend of mine from Colorado who listens. He sent me a message and just was saying how much he likes it, but wanted a shout out. So Jason, this is for you. I I got the message. Uh, Glad you're listening. So again, we read them all. We love hearing from you. So shoot us a message. Um, And then if you know somebody who was talking about emergency funds or you think they might need some kind of ideas on emergency fund, share this episode with them. Yeah, sounds good. Well, until next Thursday, have a good week. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.